0: Hello, my name is Carrie, and this is the Blanky Blog. I'm so glad we found each other. We all have math stories, I think. I don't mean math story problems, which many people ridicule. There are two trains each traveling toward the other at different speeds. At what mile marker will they collide? Um, I would sometimes get bogged down in the stories. Those poor passengers. What about the engineers? Who is responsible for this horrible design flaw? Carrie, it's just a story. There are no passengers. I'm really talking about the stories we've all heard or said. I'm good at geometry, so I'm bad at algebra. Everyone in my family is bad at math. I'll never use it anyway. I understand every brain is different. Also, people have different levels of interest or priority. I'm bad at math is such a sweeping statement that makes me a little bit sad. You're not bad. Lack of math aptitude does not make you bad, and I suspect people might inflate how much they hate manipulating numbers. I'm sorry if you have scars and limiting beliefs. It happens. When one of our daughters was in second grade, we noticed a shocking phenomenon. What are you doing? we asked her. I'm counting on my fingers to make sure my addition is right. She had been doing the same problems in her head at the beginning of second grade. How had she lost so much confidence? It was time to talk with her teacher. Did our child ever struggle with addition or subtraction in class? Well, no. Did you encourage her to count on her fingers? Well, yes. You know, math is hard for girls, and I want them to feel confident in their answers. I beg your pardon, Mrs. Second-Grade Teacher? Yes, I let the children know that girls aren't good at math, so they shouldn't be hard on themselves if they struggle. We quickly learned that this woman knew one girl who wasn't good at math at all, and that was herself. Herself. I wonder who put that idea in her head when she was younger. Even if she had a genuine, innate challenge with numbers, why put that idea into a classroom full of children? It took a while for our daughter to regain her computational confidence. I credit a fifth grade teacher who referred to her students as mathematicians and assured them that everyone is good at something having to do with numbers. And guess what? They grew to believe her and worked to live up to those expectations. They didn't all grow up to master differential equations, and that is fine. Some did, and that's fine too. I really like the orderliness of math, although I definitely struggled with some math topics. We often worked on math homework in groups. One year, one of my friends got a hold of a teacher edition of the textbook. This was either a mistake or a psychology experiment, not sure which. But we were thrilled. Yes! Answers in the back of the book! For a moment, we thought we had it made. But you can't really cheat your way to understanding algebra. We had to admit we cared about understanding algebra. Not to mention, we needed to be equipped to actually pass the exams. Plus, we weren't really cheaters by nature. There was yet another problem with our homework streamlinification plan. In order to get credit for the homework, we were required to show our work. Was there no advantage to having the answers from the teacher's manual? As it turned out, there was. Although, I now wonder if it didn't make for longer study sessions instead of shorter. Have you ever noticed it's easier to work your way out of a maze than into one? It was our thinking that it might be easier to work backward from the solution. Here's the answer. Now justify it. That didn't work. We'll have to try something else. We're way off. We must be missing something important. Sometimes in those study sessions, no matter what we tried, we couldn't get to the solution in the back of the book. There were at least five possibilities. One, we did not have enough information, or it was a trick question. Two, we weren't utilizing the right information or process. Three, we weren't trying hard enough. 4. We weren't that smart, so it was truly hopeless, and we should just give up. Or 5. The answer in the back of the book was wrong. Working as a team gave us confidence. Well, I should just speak for myself. It gave me the confidence to challenge that almighty answer in the back of the book, or even challenge the teacher. Author Stephen Covey said habit number two of the seven habits of highly effective people is to begin with the end in mind. So, this homework was good practice for life. What do I mean? No one has given you an answer book, you say? Well, yes. You are writing your own answers in the back of the book when you decide your desired outcomes your goals. You set the goal and figure out a way to get there. You know there's a strategy. You just have to find it. And it's often helpful to get a little help from your friends. Did you know the lyrics to the original lullabies can be found with each episode at the blankie. blog? That's also where you'll find comments. There's a great story with episode 12. You can also subscribe there or submit a comment or blankie photo. We're now on all the major podcast carriers, so if you could give a thumbs up or review or share, that would be greatly appreciated. And remember, if you think of better goals for yourself, you can always change them. You don't even have to wait for a teacher to give you permission. Your goals are yours, after all. Consider yourself. Tucked in
1: Oh, algebra. Oh, calculus. Don't tell me I can't do it. If I don't have math aptitude, then help me just get through it. Solutions in the teacher book. I must admit, I had to look. Oh, algebra. Oh, calculus. Just maybe I'll pursue it. To think of math, I'm very sad. Was always told that I am bad. There's nothing wrong with feeling stuck. It doesn't mean you are a schmuck. Beginning with the end in mind, I feel so focused and aligned. I make a plan and grab a friend, there's something for me in the end.